All right. <clears throat> I feel like I need a prayer here before we start, so we'll do that. Father, we want to thank you for what we've been made aware of tonight. We want to thank you for what Crit brought, and I just pray that you would be near to this class period. Thank you for the parables that you've given to us in your word. And we think of the parable of talents, Lord, and for all the work that you have in store for us and what you want us to do, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that we would allow you to work in our lives, become what you've called us to. Bless us as we study this in Matthew 25, and pray we be blessed by it. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Okay, let's turn to Matthew 25. <clears throat> One of the things I first noticed when I started studying the parable of talents here, I did little talks on it here and there, but never really realized the setting of it. The setting of uh, Matthew Matthew uh, <clears throat> 25 comes right after Matthew 24, which is uh, the talk of uh, signs of the end times that Jesus talks to his disciples. And these are the last uh, two parables that he gives. Actually, it would be the last parable just before his death, the parable of the talents. And he runs it parallel to the parable of the ten virgins. So if you look at it, it, it in, in a sense has the same... Um, uh, the same question that he comes up when he gives the parable of the ten versions is the same question that he comes up with uh, when he gives the parable of the talents. So I, I think we've got to uh, see a little bit of how they relate to each other and uh, um, uh, look at them being the same there. Back in, and back in, in, in let's, look, let's go to the setting here in Matthew 24, verse 42, where he just got done telling about, talking about uh, not knowing the day and, and the hour and all that. Then he says in, in uh, verse 42 of chapter 24, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And this is a setting that he's talking about. And uh, then in verse 44, Therefore be ye also ready for such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. So let's think of this parable kind of in a sense of being ready. Therefore be ye therefore ready. So as we go down through this parable, think about this and how this parable would associate with Jesus' question of being ready. <clears throat> you know not the hour that he's going to come. So this parable, I think, is, is Jesus is, is giving as a, uh, an answer to that question of being ready. Let's, let's read Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, and then we'll go back and maybe uh, uh, discuss it in, in a little larger, <clears throat> a little greater amount there. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. He called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And so that he had received five talents, came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. 
I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which hath received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sowing, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest not that I reap where I sowed not, and gathereth where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto the, him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he that shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant unto outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, <clears throat> interesting uh, parable here. Some of them wanna, might want to compare it with the minnows and, and what is it, Mark and Luke. But I, th- I think we need to take this parable as, as one standing by itself. I'm not sure. I, I don't really think any of the other parables that are kind of somewhat similar to that necessarily uh, are the parable that he's talking about here. So the parable of the talents, I think, is kind of the one we need to take, and particularly in, in the uh, um, place that he's speaking to here. Why is the reason for speaking this parable? I talked about that a little bit. In verse 45 in in chapter 24, he also says, Who then is faithful and a wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in the season? Or in the end of I, who then is faithful and a wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? So he's asking that question, who then is the faithful and wise servant? And this this parable, I think, is, is the answer to that that question, and uh, I, I think uh, <clears throat> we'll see that as we go down over it before. Maybe the solution and the goal of this parable would be in verse 46 of chapter uh, 40, uh, 24. Reading the NIV again. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. And so I think, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we want to be doing what this um, five talent uh, person was doing or one talent sir when the master returns we want to be busy working and remember what, what what did he call that servant that just had one talent and buried it do you remember what we what he called him slothful he did and so maybe we'll talk about that a little more um, the NIV calls him you wicked lazy servant that would be the servant that is not busy working when the Lord returns And I think none of us want to be that. So maybe the solution and the main thing that Jesus wants us to get out of this parable is that I want you to be busy working when the Lord returns. Right? So let's look at some of the things. So what are some of our talents? If if, if we have the five talents and the two talents and the one talents that he gave there, what do you think are some of the talents that God gives to us? What could we, you know, before we start thinking about the story, what could be some of our talents? <clears throat> that God, God has given to us. I'm going to let it open for discussion. What do you think? He talks about the talents here in this chapter. What, what is he talking about? Well, I'll give you the easy one, money. That can be one of them, right? The money that he gives to us. What, what could be some more? I think it's a lot more than just money. What are some more talents that God has given to you that he might not give out fairly? You know, he gave the one, two, and the other one. Some of us he gives five. So, you know, there's, some of us have more money than others here, right? That's, we know that. 
It's not a bad thing. It's not a, a judgmental thing that God's judging us for. What are, what are some other things that God doesn't necessarily give out evenly? Singing, yeah. Some of us can sing a lot better than others, right? Yeah, that's, that's an ability or a talent that he can give to us. What are some more? Aaron. A convincing talk. Yes, some people have the gift of that more, right? I don't know if I do or not. I know my brother Crit does. I'm pretty well convinced. Um, teaching, it can be one, yeah. And, and some of the other spiritual gifts. Crit, Crit's talking about the spiritual gifts that are the miraculous spiritual gifts, but there are spiritual gifts that we have that, that, that is still for today, right? And teaching might be one of them. Evangelism might, might be some of them. Do, do we all have the same amount of children? Can they be the talents that the Lord gives to us? I think so. And, and, you know, some of us don't have any here. Mike and Linda, I think, have nine. Wilmer's, what, 11? You know, is, is, is that, so, sometimes people think, oh, the Lord is blessing me so much because he's, he's given me a lot of money. Why am I, I always like to tell the people, if, if it's such a great thing to have a lot of money, why don't you people all try to have as many children as possible? Why don't you try to have 9, 10, 11, 12 children? Because that's a blessing, right? We all agree that having children is a, a blessing from God. But, you know, the more children that God gives to us, the more talents we have, the more responsibility is, right? And so I, I got eight talents to children, right? Some of you have five, some four, some six, some seven. Some don't have that, any of them, and that's okay, but God has talents distributed to you in other ways too but god gives us differing amount of talents and different things and just because he gives the one one the one that got rid of his one talent he, it wasn't that god looked at him as being a bad person when he gave it to him it doesn't like the one he didn't say the one that's five since you're an extra special person i'm giving you five and the other one's down the list i'm giving you two no god doesn't look at it that way you know if, if, if he would look at it that way we would say that wilmers are blessed the most here because they have 11 children no, they're not. I mean, they're blessed a lot, right? But they have probably the greatest responsibility in raising children. So I, I think we need to watch on, watch it how we think that when we have more money or more children or more gifts, that God is blessing us more. Not really. I, I don't think that's that he's giving the part. So, so think about it. I got children, money, spiritual gifts, yeah. And, and Jesus gives it to us according to our abilities. Um, how much was a talent here in this time? Any of you remember? Any, any research on it? Um, one person said like 20 years worth of work that this uh, person gave to it. So I, I don't think the talents that God gives to us is, is necessary. It, it's, it's more than we need. He, he doesn't restrict us. We, he, when he gives us a talent, when he gave those five talents to the one, that's like 100 years worth of work. I mean, that was far more than the, than the person could even begin to peek out on. And I think when God gives us a talent, we never can say, all right, God, I'm done with the talent. I can do everything I've done. I can do everything I can do with it now. What's the next job? No, when God gives us a talent, we can never peek it out. It's, it's, it's more than what we can ever um, use for his glory. Any comments on, on, on the talents and what God gives to us? A faithful worker. A faithful. It's a talent. It's a talent, yeah. But I, I think as we go down through this parable, we'll find out that that that's our goal, is to be a faithful worker of all our talents that God gave to us. Yeah. Well, some of us here don't have the ability to have 11 children like Wilmer and Lydia did. Yeah, and some, have, some, some might have management ability. You know, I, I, always, I always admire the people that that don't feel like they're a business owner, but they're okay with working with other people. 
I admire the single ladies that are okay with their plot and being a single lady, that they got other ministries in that work. God's not looking down at that. I admire some people that have one or two children. You know, it's, <clears throat> it, God says, you know, if, if, if you live in the city, if you live in a different culture, you know, it, could, could you imagine people in the city having 11 children? It just wouldn't be as easy as some of us out here. You know, that, that's, and I think God's all right with that. There's, there's certain things that God says, I don't expect as much for you as I do other people. It's according to your abilities. Um, I'm kind of ashamed to tell this one, but I don't know how many of you know that, but I, I, went to, um, I went to Lancaster Bible College to learn how to direct songs, but you never see me up here directing songs. That's kind of an inner talent or something that I learned that I'm not very good at. And I mean, I, I might be the half good at it, but I never do it. And it's kind of a wasted talent that I have. And I don't know if that's good or not, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think some of us have that too. There's some talents that we have that we are wasting, we're not using. And I think that might be too bad. But, yeah, I, I think it's according to our ability. Some of us have, have the ability to give more, right? I mean, just the chapter before this, it talks about, um, I think, in, about when that widow gave the two mites. Uh, maybe that's in Mark. But the widow gave the two mites. She just had the ability to give two mites, not not the thousands of dollars or whatever that the uh, that the other public. I mean, that the uh, Pharisees were putting in there. You know, God doesn't require the same amount from all of us, but He requires our best from all of us. And I think that's what the talents is all about. And it's more than we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, what are your thoughts? What is what is according to our ability? Not the same, right? And one of them now, I'm going to look at five lessons from this parable, and one of them is going to be uh, talking about that a little bit more, so maybe we'll wait till we get into that. The first one, a lesson that I think we can take from this parable, is success is a product of our work. Mom, mom reminded me of this at first, first time, and she likes this one, that the, the, the uh, God, um, how's that, before the fall, God put Adam in the garden to work it in the keep it as before the fall so work is not a, a a thing that happened after the fall it's actually a godly thing before so you know is is it okay to work yeah actually it's a blessing to work it's actually something that we need to learn to do we need to like like to do and i i think um as you're looking down through these talents you look at the first one that had five five talents and he he he, he did what he worked to receive Double that amount, right? He came back, and, and, and when he came back, he, he said, uh, Master, look, while you were going, I increased these talents. I, I increased this, this amount. It, has, it shows a profit. I, I didn't just stay even. And Glenn always reminds me of the thing of meteorocracy. It, it's so easy for him just to, be, just, just to stay in the middle. But God is asking us, when he gives us an ability, we're supposed to grow that ability to make it even greater, when he, he, when he gives us something, he expects it to be greater when he comes back. And, I, I, you know, sometimes we're critical of, of, of capitalism, <clears throat> but I, I think our abilities should, should increase. You know, I, I hope that I am a better teacher 10 years from now than I'm now. I hope I'm a wiser person in, in training my children 10 years from now than I am now. We should be, have a, should, should be uh, productive people, and, and our work should be the same way. And I, I think, you know, I guess if you want to ask if capitalism is is uh, 
promoted in, in the Bible, we could maybe use this here as saying it is. And I know, I know a lot of the thing now is that capitalism is bad. We should, we should try to keep everything even. We shouldn't try to get more. But I always like to think of capitalism without morality can be a man's downfall. And, and you know, if, if, if you're a capitalist, you need to have the morality of, of giving it to the people that are in need. It's not for myself. And guess what? Who was this servant, who, who was this servant working for? Where was all this money going to after the, servant, after the master came back? It was all going back to the master, right? So everything, everything that I increase, all the extra money I make, all the children and grandchildren that come because of an offspring of me, all the increase of, of more employees that I have is for my master, not, not for me. And I, I think that's what we get mixed up with so many times. We think we're working for ourselves. I'm building my own kingdom. but No, we're p- building the kingdom of God. So it's all right to be successful. It's all right to be productive. In fact, God says in these, ver- in these verses, to double what you had before. You know, when, I, I, when he gives me the five talents, or I like to think about it, when he gives me my eight children, then I come back, when, I, when he comes back and I meet, meet uh, Jesus at, at the, uh, in heaven, I think, and I don't know how he's going to judge my children, but I think he's going to look at on how I taught my children and, 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 and how they have uh, responded to my teaching. And, and, and I'm not altogether accountable for my children, but I think we are accountable to how we teach them and, you know, how their grandchildren do and their great-grandchildren and all that. I, I think that's a responsibility that, that God loves to see multiply and, uh, and, and, and bless us with some of the talents there. Too many Christians believe that it doesn't matter what they do while they wait for the bus, in other words, but it does because it says there in verse 26, you wicked and lazy servants. So we're not around here waiting for the bus. We're not around here waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be put to work, right? And that's not a bad thing. I guess it's, I don't know, that us, us as plain people get accused for being workaholics. Well, I guess I'd rather be accused of being a workaholic than a lazy, wicked servant, right? And I'm not saying that there's an extreme to being a workaholic, but God is saying, when I have given you these talents, I expect you to... Make the most of it. Don't stick it in the ground and say, I'll wait till you return back and I'll give it back to you. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even waste that money. He didn't even waste that talent, that one talent. He, he stuck it in the ground and he gave God back what he wanted. And what did, what did God tell him? You wicked, lazy servant. Well, God, you should just be happy I gave you back. Or master, you should just be glad I gave you back what he wanted. No, the master was upset because he didn't increase what he gave to him. And I think you know, that should, he's talking to us too. You know, the responsibilities, the talents, the things that God has done for you. Are you increasing the value that are in, 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 in God's kingdom? Or are you just okay with being mediocrity, just keeping it the same? And the words he says at the end is, are terrible. We don't want to be there. So I, I guess I just want to challenge you. It, it is okay to work. God gave us the tools to produce a profit. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we should be producing a profit. That's terrible. You're taking it out. No, God gave us the tools to produce a profit. And I, I think it's okay to produce a profit. That's what God called us to do. That's what the talents are. It's a profit. It's, it's, it's gaining on what God gave us. Do we desire to grow or are we content with mediocrity? Second lesson I think we can learn from this lesson is God always gives us everything we need to do what he has called us to do. 
and I, and I talked about that a little bit before. The servants were given more than enough to produce a profit. God gave them, when he gave, like I said, even one talent was the same as 10 years worth of work. So when, when God calls us to do something, when God gives us the abilities to do something, or whatever our talent is, he, he, it's, it's enough there. We got it, we got it within God's power to do what he calls us to do. God doesn't let us short. He doesn't say, oh, boy, I forgot you were running out of gas. I should have gave you more ability to do it. No, God gave us the ability to do it. He might not always give it to us out ahead, but when we need it, it's, it's there. And, and I think that's what he did to these servants. He gave them more than enough to perform what they needed to do to double their, their, uh, their uh, talents. Ephesians 2.10 says that. This is my dad's theme verse. For we are God's handiwork, Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Dad? To do good works. Which God prepared when? In advance for us to do. God prepared even before you were born. He created you what? To do good works. That's why you were created. He created you to, to, to do these ten or these five or two or one talents that he gave to you. He created you. Even before you were born, he said, this is the job I have for you. I want you to increase my talents I give to you. I created you for that. And, and, and shame on us if we, if we just, all right, God, I'm just going to be mediocrity. Or I'm just going to bury that one talent. That's not what we're created to do. God created us for good works. And sometimes, I, I know coming out of the Amish, we, we, we get a little frustrated because all they could talk is good works, good works, good works, good works. So now we're not going to be that way where we're going to be uh, grace, 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 whatever. You know, I, I know that's sometimes our tendency, but I think we need to watch. God did create, uh, did, did save us through grace, yeah, but he created us to do good works and to bring about salvation or whatever to the body of Jesus Christ, to the people in this world. And there's, he's given us many abilities to do that, and uh, let's get outside of our box and do that sometimes. Verse 24, harvesting where you have not sown. What's he mean by that? Why, why did this, 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 this one that had the one, had the one um, talent, he said, I was really scared. Let's say he's talking to God. I was really scared to, to um, uh, develop this one talent. So I buried it in the ground because I know you're such a hard person because I'm, a, I'm afraid that you're going to um, you, you tell me to go out to a field and start hiring a field that was never plowed before, or you tell me to go harvest somewhere where, where it was never done before. What, what does he mean by that? What, what was he scared about? How, how, how can we relate that? I'm not sure if I have this one all together either. I'd kind of like to hear some of your ideas. Yeah. Right. Jesus doesn't even think that way to us, does he? Right. Jesus wasn't, wasn't a hard master. But he said he was. But what else was he scared of? That's a good point. What else do you think that this, this, why did he hide his one talent? What's more your thoughts? I think you're on the right track. And I don't know if I even have the right thought here either. I think that was some of it, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. Well, if you're harvesting, 
and I'm not, is this an NIV quote or not? But I got it written here. Harvesting, um, where do I have it here? Harvesting where you have not sown. So and I, I look at that as maybe um, starting to plow where it was never plowed before. And, and, and we might say, oh, you know, there's a bunch of rocks there or there's a bunch of trees there. Um, you know, I, I'm happy with just harvesting the five acres that I have here in my 100-acre property. I, 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 I'm, I'm, God gave me five acres that are tillable, and I'm not going to worry about the other 95 because um, too much work, yeah. Or maybe if I would get out there and work it, it might not do so good, right? What, what are some of the excuses we make for not using our talents? I don't know. Is that what this guy was? Uh, maybe I, that's what I was thinking. Maybe he was saying, you know, what, what, what do you think this one, one talent person was thinking? Why did he really not want to work for the Lord? I think his perspective to the master was wrong, right? He looked at him as a driver. And, and, and it's like Aaron said, I think that was a wrong perspective. Our, our master, our, our Jesus Christ is not a driver. And sometimes that's why we think we need to work because we uh, we need to get God's acceptance. That's not why we do these talents. That's not why we work hard. It's not to, to get God's acceptance. It, it's, it's because we enjoy work. We enjoy seeing profit. We enjoy seeing these talents increase to, to double their amount. You know, what's fun about seeing a talent in the ground buried? There's nothing fun about that. It's fun watching corn grow out of the, out of the land, right? And it's, it's, it's even fun when you cut down. We didn't do much of this, you know, because we didn't cut down uh, many trees. And, and like in the old days, they would have tilled the land that was never tilled before, kind of like he was talking about. You know, it, it would be fun to take that land and cut the trees down and take all the rocks out and plow in there and watch that first corn stalk that ever grew up in that, in, in that land. I think that would be fun. But some of us are scared because maybe it won't do well. Maybe we'll have a drought. You know, we, we, we have all these worries, and I think this is, <clears throat> this is what happened to that, that one person there. Um, yeah. God always gives us everything we need to do what he has called us to do. And if God tells us to go plow the fallow land and start in another area and go down to, go down to talk to prison or start a mission work over there or have a topic like you never did before or... <clears throat> or Talk to like to our grandchildren that we need to talk to, or talk about a talk to our sister that's not a Christian, or brother that's not a Christian yet. That's scary to do that sometimes. God calls us to do that. Let's do it. We can let that excuse and we can let that talent in the ground always say, "I don't have that ability." Right? And we use that excuse when we don't want to talk to the neighbor and witness to him sometimes. Right? <clears throat> it might not make a difference, so I'll say nothing. I know my neighbor is not a Christian or my brother or my sister, but I'm afraid they'll take me the wrong way, so I'll say nothing. Saying nothing is better than, I don't know. What's that? Showing how you live your life. Is most important. But sometimes God tells us to get outside of burying our talent too and do more than that. Doing more than that, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 pretty easy preserving, isn't it? 
It's pretty easy preserving our things. It's, it's, it's pretty easy keeping our children in our house. I know someone told me, your children are at the perfect stage right now. They're all at home. Yeah, I know. That's, that, that's, that's pretty comfortable. They're all doing good yet. None of them have left. None of them have made really unwise choices. That's a pretty secure, preserved feeling, right? But sending our children out to get married to somebody else or to go out to service or go to CBS or SMBI. Boy, my wife says, I wonder what Sandra's doing at SMBI. I mean, that's CBS right now. I hope she's dressing properly. I hope she's saying the right thing. I hope she's making a good impression. I guess maybe we're the only ones that ever think that way. I don't know, but... You know, it's, it's scary when you start sending your children out, right? When you try to multiply them and, and, and get them to learn more or, or to go to China or go to other places. That, that's, that's scary. Some of you as older parents know that, right? That, that, that can be scary. But I think without that, there's no rewards, right? We can keep our children with us and secure and preserved all the time. But then it's, I, I think the rewards are when we see our children do things even greater than us. I've never been to China, and Sean has. That's, that's a blessing to me. And I, I think that's the part of multiplying that's such a blessing that, yeah, we want to preserve. We just, it's, it's, there's nothing like a little baby that just does everything right. That's, that's so precious, isn't it? We, we, we could just keep him there all the time. Let's not let him grow up. And I think that's what this one with the one talent did. He just hid it, preserved it. He didn't want to see it multiply because it's a lot safer there. Yeah, of course. That's, it, that, that's scary for me. I, and I, I do it all the time. I think it all the time. Well, I'm going to give money to such and such a person or such and such a ministry, but what if they don't use my money right? Oh, man, that's terrible. Okay, I won't give them anything. Yeah, so we make excuses to not give, right? Because maybe they won't use it right. Or, you know, we have all kinds of reasons to preserve and keep what we want. We, but, but then sometimes it doesn't always get used right. And I, I think God, I, I think that's, <clears throat> that's something that we should be okay with. There's sometimes when we send our children out, they will embarrass us. But that's all right. They need to grow up too. There's sometimes when we give our money to people, it's not always going to get used the way I want it. But that's all right. It's not as much about what they do with my money as it was in my heart when I gave it. And I think God is, I think God is, <clears throat> I got a quote here at the end that I'll read. He kind of loves when we love dangerously, take risks sometimes, or willing. He would rather see us take that talent and put it out in the community and use it than preserve it, even though it's dangerous sometimes. But loving dangerously is okay, it's good. And we'll talk about that later too, maybe a little bit more. Third one I have here is, um, we're not all created equal according to his ability. You know, it, he, he, could, he could have said, you know, why didn't you give me the five? That's not fair. I, I, and I don't think that's what the one that just had one was thinking. Well, if you would have gave me five, I wouldn't preserve it. It's your fault. If you would have trusted me more, I would have used it fairly. But no, God, God does not give us all the same amount. Neither does God give us all the same amount of children. Like I said before, he doesn't give us all the same amount of money. When he gives us more, you know, some people say, oh, you're lucky you have a lot of money. But guess what? With, with a lot of money, it's a lot more responsibility, a lot more work. Sometimes I wish I would just have 10000 or just have a little house. I mean, it takes a lot longer to clean my big house than it does some people's small houses. You know, the, the, the more money and the more things you have, the, the more responsibility it is. You know, it, it's, it's a lot easier um, 
making 20,000 a year than is 100,000 a year. 20,000, you pretty well know what's going to happen to that 20,000. But when the Lord blesses you, let's say, with 100,000, you know, you can live off maybe the 20. What are you going to do with the 80, other 80,000? That's, that's a big responsibility. And that's just important what you do with that 80,000 what you do with your 20. So I always say it's not that great having a lot of money because it's a lot more responsibility. It's a lot more work. You know, it's not that great having a lot of children. It's a lot more work. And, and you know, we, we think sometimes it would be nice having the five talents instead of the one. But we're not all created the same. God knows what we can handle. God gives us what we can handle. And, 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 and I always like what uh, um, when John there in John 21, 22, when Peter was, was Jesus said, Peter, do you really love me? Peter, do you really love me? And, and afterwards, Jesus said, you know, you're going to need to go to the cross, something like I do. And then uh, um, Peter goes, well, how, what about that person behind me, John? What does Jesus say? Jesus answered in verse 22, what is that to you? You must follow me. So let, what is that to you? I, I, sometimes I think it would be fun, fun to explain a sermon for you. What is that to you? It doesn't, you know, why do you care what, how many gifts God gives somebody else? How many abilities do you? You follow me. I called you to do this. That's what you need to do. Don't worry about how much gifts I gave Aaron or how much I gave Eli. What is that to you? This is how much I gave you. This is what you can handle. Do it. Uh, we need to move on. We work for the master, not our selfish purpose. And I think this is so important. You know, when we are doing these talents, it's not to make me look good. It's not, to, it's not for my own benefit, but it's for the master. In fact, in Deuteronomy um, 5, 17, 18, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce the wealth. He's the one that gave you the talents. It's not my own strength. It's not my own power. If I have five talents, someone else has two or one. We don't go around and flaunt that because we're all working for the master. And it's, it's, it's not of my ability. It's because the master gave me the five. I owe them all back to him. And, uh, and in fact, in, in verse 23, he says, share your master's happiness. You know, when we come back, when we get to heaven and we say, God, this is, these are my abilities. These are my talents that you gave to me. Here they are back. I hope that, uh, I don't know, we don't say that. We don't really talk that. But here they are back. And Jesus says, oh, did you know that that person you talked to in prison is a Christian and he's actually over there? Do you know the neighbor that you talked to and encouraged? She came to know the Lord. And she's here in heaven with you. And we get to share the master's happiness because of that. That'll be fun. We get to heaven and look at all the benefits of when we were um, developing our talents and seeing how they helped different people in the kingdom of God. And we're going to get to share the master's happiness. I can't wait to do that, to share the happiness. It's not going to be my own things. It's not going to be all the money I raised and the things that I did on my own abilities, but it's going to be when I grew the talents or helped Jesus grow those talents. We will be held accountable, the fifth one. The unfaithful steward didn't waste the master's money. He wasted an opportunity. And I, I think a lot of our, 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 our uh, talents are opportunities that God has given to us. What did you do with them? When God did set up a neighbor beside you that wasn't a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very frustrated at uh, Andrew Wenger right now, Cretton Shannon's nephew. He lives two miles down the road and he's stealing all these cars and He's making havoc in the neighborhood. Are we mad at him? Or are we okay that that might be somebody that we can witness to or be a blessing to sometimes? You know, we, we get frustrated when, when the Amish let 
some outsiders move into our neighborhood, right? But maybe God brought them into your area to an opportunity to witness to them. That's right. Yeah. So I think God gives us many of people in our area that need the Lord, that need health, right? He's doing it more and more. We, we're, we're finding those people in our community. And are we willing to risk our, um, ourselves by venturing out and using our master's talents to help these people? So a quote here that I have, and I want to close with, yeah, it's about time, is step out. Risk, love dangerously. And what do I mean by love dangerously? Let's love those that are maybe hard to love. Let's, let, let's not keep preserving our one talent. Let's use those. And I, I, think, I, I think even though we don't do it correctly always the first time, God gives us a second chance to do it right sometimes. We're so afraid of making mistakes that we don't use our talents. So we just preserve and curl in a hole. I like this little <clears throat> quote that I'm not sh- I don't have an author for it. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrong and possibly broken. Many of us, the Fosters live right next to you, Eli, right? You know, we, we, we took a risk when we left and come into Weavertown School, but I, you know, I, 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 I don't look back at that, and Aaron, I know you're close to this, I don't look back at that and, and say that that was something awful that Weavertown School did or that Eli's did by letting them live right next door. We lost some money from it, but maybe someday we're going to reap some blessings from that. I don't know. We don't know that. That's what I call risking dangerously or being vulnerable in our love, even loving those that sometimes come back and bite us. That's okay. That's not the worst thing in the world. It wasn't the worst thing in the world to have the fosters in our school when they sued us. That's not the worst thing in the world. We, we did our part. We loved them. They turned around and took our money, but that's okay. It's God's money anyhow, right? To love is all at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will certainly be wrong and possibly broken. And it was. That was tough times. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. That's what you call preserving. Some of us do that. We've been hurt so often that we no longer decide, all right, I'm not going to have my heart broken one more time. I'm going to love nobody. I'm not even going to like my dog no more. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies. This is what we do when we become like that. We wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or in the coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell said we can preserve everything we want and keep it airless and keep that one talent in the ground but Jesus said 
you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And then going down to the verse 30, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Tough, tough language. But that's the danger of not loving and not risking, not putting our talents to work. So I just want to challenge you this week that whatever opportunity God puts in your way, let's risk it and love, even though it would be easy to do nothing because God has asked us to grow our talents. Father, we thank you for this group here and thank you for what we've been taught tonight. And I just pray, Lord, that we would not keep our talents to ourselves, but we realize that they're talents that you gave to us to help those around us. Pray that we wouldn't reserve them and hide them. And, but we would risk, we would love, we would give them to those around us and we would increase them. Help us to do that righteously. And, I, and when we come to heaven, Lord, that you will be blessed by it. Pray all this in your name. Amen.